Hey there, my name is Peyton Macy's and you're listening to AnyCast. AnyCast is about anything and everything. We have some cool guests on sometimes, or sometimes it's just me. But enjoy today's episode and I hope you learn something new. and welcome back to Incast. I have so much to say about this. I'm sure I'll ramble, and yes, I'm sure it'll be 30 minutes long. This will be the longest John Wick podcast because I have a lot of thoughts on this film. I want to preface this by saying it is a full spoiler review. We are going all in on the spoilers, so if you want to watch John Wick 4, I highly encourage that you go rent it, buy it, watch it, streaming wherever it is go watch it come back if you guys don't care about john wick and just want to hear how the story goes from my reviews great if you guys just want to hear how what i think about this film awesome i also want to preface it or really not preface it i want to start this off by saying i have been looking forward to this film as i said i think in the last episode since like 2019 or 2020. I can't remember when I watched the first John Wick. I've been looking forward to it for three or four years now. And it came out. And I actually had something spoiled for me. That, spoiler alert, John Wick dies. Yes. And I was very mad and angry and sad about it. I didn't understand how they would do it. I just heard he died. And then I watched film reviews, and people were saying this is the best John Wick ever. I mean, we're talking big YouTubers like Charlie and other film reviewers that I watch. Like, oh wow, John Wick is just the John Wick Four is the best John Wick. Some people were saying the first, you know, was the best, uh, but most people were putting John Wick uh, Four as their second place you guys will see a tier list this week on my anycast main channel in which i do a tier list of the john wick films because i have a lot to say about them i will also do a ranking film uh one because i think actually i'll just do a tier list because i can just tell you guys my rankings uh on a scale of first best to fourth best because honestly all these movies are amazing so let's get into the story. You know, I'm hearing all this praise for this film, and I watch it. And it starts off with John Wick training. He's training. He's healthy, he's training. We get a monologue from the Bowery King, who um, Lawrence Fishburne plays. The Bowery King. 
And I'm like, all right, we're going to get a lot of Power King in this movie, probably. And we actually don't get a lot of Power King. I'll talk about that uh, later. So just so you know, this is the longest John Wick film at three hours. It's like two hours and 59 minutes, two hours, 58 minutes. It's it's three hours. At times, it does not feel like three hours. At other times, it it feels like three hours. Like the story just keeps dragging. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But let's walk through the events of the movie. So John Wick trains up. He goes to the the man above the table. And the man tells him, if you kill me, they will just replace me. I'll just be replaced. And then he said, I can't remember what he said. And John shoots him in the head. He kills the man above the table. So we know that the plot in this film is destroy the high table. Then we get some stuff with the Continental. We get introduced to the new villain who I'm just going to refer to as the French man because I cannot even remember his name. And we get adjudicator in the movie. Uh, the adjudicator from the last film. I don't know what happened to her. She just didn't show up, so that's kind of weird. But I like our new adjudicator. Um, I will say I'm opening up a new tab right now to look at the cast. This this cast though in this film, unheard of, dude. All of the stars in this film are great. They do so good. IMBD. Um, so, we get this new adjudicator played by Clancy Brown, I believe. If you guys didn't know, Clancy Brown. Let me look up John Wick forecast just to see if I'm getting this right. I'm pretty sure I am. Um, uh, okay, so... Yes, so we have Harbringer, and he's this new adjudicator. That's Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, for those of you who do not know, um, is this guy who has played multiple characters that I actually know. Now, I, I actually, I was like, oh, well, who does he, who does he play? You know, he's known for his role in Shawshank Redemption, A Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, Starship, Starship Troopers, Cowboys and Aliens. I've seen none of those films. So he's most well known for his voice of Mr. Krabs in literally everything SpongeBob. He's also known for John Wick 4, but he also is known for his roles in Star Wars. In The Tales of the Jedi, he's the voice of the Inquisitor. In Rebels, he's a guy named Ryder, if you guys have seen that show. And in Clone Wars, he plays the one and only Savage Oppressed. But I'm not going to get into like everybody's acting catalog. I'm just going to tell you, that guy. Great, whatever. Um, and then we got our villain. I just looked up his name, the Frenchman. Marcus. Marcus, who interestingly enough, the guy who plays his villain is also the guy who plays Pennywise the Dancing Clown. So that's that's really interesting. But anyways... We get introduced to, you know, like John Wick kills the guy above the table, and then we get this stuff with Clancy Brown's character, and then we get um, this Marcus dude who's Pennywise, and he's having this intimidating meeting with Winston and Charon, I believe his name is, Charon. 
and Charon is the man who is the uh, right-hand man to Winston. He's the man who has supplied all the weapons. He's a very exquisite man. Sadly, the actor for him passed away actually before the film was released. And Marcus actually shoots him instead of Winston. After Marcus actually blows up the New York Continental, I'm not even joking, he blows up the New York Continental because John Wick got away and lived. And then shot the dude above the table, so they're blaming it all on Winston. So he shoots Cheryl. It was very sad to see this. Um, it's very fitting, since he sadly has passed. Um, they touch on Cheryl two other times in the film. It's, it was very sad moments. But anyways, the story goes on. John Wick, I believe we when we like meet some people in Japan, and I can't remember all these characters' names, but we have like this man, he's a father figure, he's a friend of John, and we have his daughter, who they run a uh, continental in Japan. And, you know, there's an action sequence, and immediately I'm like, Bro, we're going to get an epic Japanese sword-fighting samurai, just all-out, epic, kill-bill level of action. No, we actually don't. Don't get me wrong, it was cool action. But it was also very underwhelming. John Wick isn't the greatest with a samurai sword, which was disappointing. He doesn't get to, like, go full samurai. He does cool things with nunchucks. And we also, I forgot to mention, we get introduced to one of my favorite characters in the film, Kane, who is played, Donnie N. plays Ken. Kane, not Ken, Kane. And Kane, the entire conflict in the film is um, our guy Marcus, the main villain, has hired Kane, an old friend John Wick, to go kill John Wick. He accepts because he wants to keep his daughter safe. And um, I'm just going to say, uh, this guy Marcus is kind of, he's a little bit of a jerk. Um, there's more colorful words that I won't use that they use in the film to accurately describe him. Uh, but he's a stuck-up, rich little kid who has all the power in the world at his disposal, basically. And so he's like, I'm going to kill the boogeyman. Ha! <laughs> so there's fight scenes in... Uh, Japan, and we learn that Kane is actually blind. We actually know this right off the bat, but he does. He's it's weird because in this like fight scene in Japan, he uses like sensory remotes to have sounds go off, and he relies on sound to know where the enemies are. Sometimes this makes sense, other times it's a huge stretch, and I'm supposed to believe this dude is Daredevil or something. I'm not even joking. Other people have seen this sequence and loved it. I liked a lot of things in it, but some of the stuff was just lame. And this sequence goes on for maybe 20 to 40 minutes. I'm not even joking. Some of the fight scenes in this movie go on for so long. Now, there is some story stuff in between, and they do change locations. But they're all still at this Continental, because they they actually tell the guy who runs the Continental, the father, dude, um, it's... It's just like no longer a part of the table because you are possibly, uh, because they have reason to suspect that John Wick was given uh, a home here, and John Wick was. 
Um, so we also meet this kid who he's an assassin. He's kind of a forgettable character. He has a dog who does really cool moves and he has like this marksman type rifle to shoot people. And he actually lets John Wick go because he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he's getting paid enough. The contract on John Wick in the film starts out at 20 million. I believe it ended at 40. Yeah. 40 million. Um, and we see that happen in Japan. He lets John get away. Um, the father dude does die to, uh, Kane. John Wick almost died to Kane, even though they're old friends. Kane is more concerned about his daughter, of course. So he wants to kill John Wick. And then we get into... Winston and like really the plot of the movie is established John Wick wants to kill the high table so John Wick meets up with Winston at Sharon's uh, grave and it says one word on the tombstone friend which was very sad it's a very sad touching scene they mourn the death and we learn that in the last movie everything that happened they don't really explain it very well, but basically it was a setup. We learned that in the beginning of the movie, and Winston gets found out, Sherlock dies, uh, and now we have the grave. And Winston gives John Wick very wise advice. He gives him the advice of, listen, if you just kill everybody at the high table, they will endlessly replace them. So you need to challenge them to a duel. And apparently this is like a legend, but it's actually fact. To John Wick, he's like, no, this has to be a legend. And Winston's like, no, this is very much fact. And it's a little weird that they have to do an old-timey duel, in my opinion. They present it in a cool way at the end, I'll be honest. But I was just like, this is a little goofy. Like, what, they're going to have like a Western standoff duel? And honestly, that is what it becomes in the end. Um, but you have to challenge the one at the table, and then you can bargain your freedom. And of course, John Wick has been looking for freedom all his life. So we see that go on. We also see that like assassin dude with the dog. I just call him an assassin dude. He meets Marquise, and he wants to get a contract hire. And Marquise does this like weird, brutal um, demonstration of stabbing a knife into his hand. And he's like, if you pull the knife out, it'll like, if you pull the knife out, you can pull the knife out or you can pull your hand out. It will reveal what type of man you are. He pulls his hand out. It's a very cringy, disturbing scene. And Donnie Yen's character, uh, Kane, actually right before this warned him, hey, you're going to regret this choice. But anyways, he still does it because he's a dumb kid who just is wanting money, really, because he's poor, actually. Uh, but somehow he has a rifle and a dog and a cool backpack that we later find out actually just houses a bulletproof vest. Anyways, we get all this, we get what Winston says, and then Winston's like, well, you have to get your ticket. And remember, I don't know if I mentioned it too much in the last review, John Wick had to go get the ticket. This is how he goes to meet Sophia. He burns his ticket, goes to meet Sophia, he burns it in this place that I didn't really describe so well where there's like ballerinas and we learn like he was an adopted orphan of this family because apparently in this world, it's almost, think of it like the Mandalorian if you guys are really well aware of that or Harry Potter with the houses or maybe just, I don't know if you guys are Game of Thrones fans, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but like I'm 
you know, it's like kingdoms or whatever. Just think of it like basically there's sex, right? There's sex of the society. Like with the Mandalorian analogy, there's different creeds of Mandalore. Uh, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and stuff. Like any fantasy, really, there's different kingdoms. Harry Potter houses. That is how it is in John Wick. There's different families. He gets adopted back into this like Roman Catholic um, home. It's like, cool, whatever. So he goes back. He has to get his mark. But this girl is like, before you can get your mark, you have to go kill somebody who killed my brother, I think, or my sister or my dad. I can't remember who. And it's this fat dude. He's like this big job of the hut looking dude. He's like this. He's honestly reminding me of Kingpin a little bit. He's like some greedy, grimy dude who has a casino. And so Kane follows John Wick to this place and the assassin dude does. They both want to kill John Wick. John Wick wants to kill the big fat dude. So they play poker. And it's honestly, I think they created an intense scene. It's not the most intense scene in the movie, but it's still an intense scene. And it's really cool. Of course, the dude cheats. He gets um, the the house, gets all twos, which is perfect. Um, I don't really know how to play poker, but if you don't even know how to play poker, it's fine. The movie kind of explains it pretty well. Um, John Wick gets the lowest. Kane gets second lowest, and the poor guy who's the assassin gets uh, third or second to the highest. And then, of course, House wins. John Wick, Kane, and the assassin dude end up killing all the guys around because he, this guy's about to try to kill them all. And John Wick actually slits this dude's like the side of his throat with a card. A card. And I was like, that's actually a pretty cool scene. So they fight inside of this place. And there's some really cool action sequence in here. And then they get to this dance party. And this is all taking place in Berlin. Because the fat guy runs away from John Wick. And he runs into his club. And it's like a dance party. This scene is very goofy to me. I understand in the first movie that there was like a rave party. And in the second one. But people... When they saw people dying, they would run and scream. This movie, they just keep on dancing. And dancing. And they're like, oh, people are dying? Okay, whatever. How do you not know John Wick's not going to kill you? Like, bro, it made no sense. The guy ends up dying. He had to take back a part of him uh, to show the woman that he had killed him. So he took back his tooth. Honestly, it's like a... 15 minute sequence of like fighting which the end sequence is literally like probably 40 minutes of just non-stop action and in between breaks of story that's what the final act of the film is and it's my favorite act of the film um so yeah then we get to the actual duel they have to set the rules for the duel and uh, they use like some card system or whatever that's actually pretty fair. It's like randomized cards. John Wick picks that there's going to be pistols. Uh, he wins. The Marquis wanted a swords because I forgot to mention um, Marquis is very big on swords. He's like some elite French rich swordsman, whatever. 
And I also forgot to mention that Winston actually seconded, which means he delivered the note of the duel to him. And apparently the rules are your second. Whoever dies, the second must also die. So this creates tension. If John dies, Winston has to die. And we'll see how that ends. Even though I already told you John dies. Doesn't mean Winston has to. But anyways. Um, they said it in like France. And that it's going to be at sunrise. John Wick wanted it to do it now. But this guy's a little scared of John Wick, of course. Because he's literally the boogeyman. So he's like sunrise. And all things are going real good. John Wick ends up going to the Catholic Church nearby. Him and uh he and uh Kane talk as friends in peace. And I forgot to mention this. Throughout the movie, they mention the concept of death and life and how they can both be freeing in different ways. And the afterlife and those who we have lost and are we damned to hell like the characters actually ask are we damned to hell because we kill so many people or do we actually get to go to heaven because of the good things we have done or whatever you know and it's very interesting now we get this scene where um john wick goes like he leaves he goes like underground into like this french subway and we get to see the Bowery King again. I forgot to mention him and Winston have a brief scene that really doesn't mean a whole lot in front of the Continental. It didn't really matter. But then he comes over. He gives John Wick this like super specialized gun for him. It's a pistol that is like really, really nice. Very nice grip. Reloading everything. He details it for him. And then they drive on this boat. Or yeah, they use this boat to get as close as possible to this church that John wants to go to because the church is close to, like very close to the place. Or actually, I believe the church was actually the place that they fought in front of. Um, so now we're into the third act and they introduce something very interesting. There was a sighting of John Wick actually before he even goes out into the open. Uh, there's somebody tipped Marquise and Marquise tipped a radio station to hunt down John Wick and they play some interesting song I think it's like you can't run or something or you can't hide I don't know some song and it is actually kind of interesting and we see like all of the people of France of Paris gearing up in battle in preparation to kill John Wick they got fire like some of them just have pistols others have dragon breath shotguns which if you don't know you shoot a shell and not just bullets come out but more importantly fire little fire like the bullets can ignite your suit on fire and they test this out on i think a bulletproof vest so basically if john wick gets shot he would have to tuck like drop tuck and roll and like land in a pond or something just to get off but basically you're near dead because we'll just scorch all of you at once right so we get to see this all play out right and John Wick is running around and he's fighting people and he's killing people and they're playing a French version of Paint It Black, which is super weird and just whatever. But anyways, he's fighting and killing people and then he gets the Arc de Triomphe. I hope that's how you say it. The Arc, you know, like the famous Arc in um, 
France, the one that you get to drive around, it's like a massive roundabout. So there's this interesting scene where they're all fighting there, and there's a lot going on on the screen. Like people are just flying off of cars, people are dying to motorcycles, like it's crazy stuff. And that scene had to go on for 10 minutes. The previous scene was maybe 10 or 5 minutes when he's just fighting in regular old downtown. And then John Wick gets to this place, he gets to this building. And this is my favorite, I think it might be my favorite action scene in the movie. John Wick gets a fire breath shotgun after killing one dude. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to use this. And if you guys are fans of video games, this might remind you of some video games. I'm not like a specifically a huge fan of these types of video games where it's top down. But they they shot this scene where it's literally top down so we can see we're getting like a bird's eye view of this room. So we get to see multiple rooms as John Wick runs in and shoots people on fire. It was so well crafted and so just neat. And I was like, I wish we had some of the cinematography here in some of the other films, like breathtaking cinematography. Some of the cinematography, as I've mentioned in other films, great. I haven't even gotten to the, like the stuff that I really like that's technical and everything. I'm just giving you the plot. I'm not even giving you what I like and what I don't like. So this actually will be closer to an hour of podcast because I see that it's at 25 minutes right now. Um, so anyways, he's fighting through this, right? He keeps on fighting. He's pushing through. And then he like jumps out a window or he like gets kicked out a window. I can't remember. And he falls at least 50, like dude, literally maybe 10 stories, falls down gets back up like nothing happened and it's a it's a little unrealistic like this movie as i mentioned is a little unrealistic and when i say a little some scenes it is a little other scenes drastically unrealistic like he just fell off a 10-story building hit like an awning roof and then fell on the cement ground and you're telling me that he can walk so he walks and he sees we hear from the radio can he get up the 225 stairs i believe so there's like to get to the duel by sunrise he has to climb up 225 stairs 225 stairs and he has i believe in the beginning like maybe 15 minutes so he's making his way up here he's shooting a lot of guys it's an interesting sequence that had to go on for at least another 10 minutes i'm telling you the fire breath stuff 10 minutes this 10 minutes i didn't even mention um the assassin dude in the fire breath the assassin dude i haven't mentioned has saved john wick's life if you watch the movie you know what i'm talking about he saves john wick's life so many times because he wants to kill john wick in this one particular scene john wick is strangling the dude and almost kills him but he sees another guy almost shoot his dog john wick unloads like an entire magazine on this dude and lets the guy live and the guy is just so confused and then from this point on in the movie he's actually going to guard john wick and just hope that john wick lives so and also i forgot to mention in the very beginning of the movie the reason this guy keeps on following john wick and tracks him down he has like a journal of john wick and all of john wick's friends he's like researched john wick he knows john wick very well so he's an okay character to me. He's really just plot armor for John Wick as literally John Wick's personal bodyguard, but whatever. Anyways, 
He goes up the stairs, he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting, and then this big dude that he's been fighting for the last 30 minutes, who for some reason will not die, literally just shows up, kicks John Wick down at least 100 stairs. I'm not even joking. And he falls to the bottom. John Wick falls to the bottom. And he looks at his watch. John Wick has three minutes two or three minutes and then Kane shows up and Kane we learned throughout the movie Kane I forgot to mention this Kane is only in this business he wanted to get out and then is reeled back in by this Marquise guy Marquise keeps on teasing oh well your daughter's not gonna be safe like I've said and that's the only reason that Kane is here because Kane and John are very good friends but now Kane has to hurt John but now Kane's like Screw it. We're going to fight together and we're going to kill these guys. When I tell you, it is one of the most epic running upstairs scenes. I mean, literally, it's better than the scene in Rocky when he runs up the stairs. It's better than all the scenes. They run up those stairs in three minutes and kill so many people. The assassin dude uh, uh, kills the big guy who already threw John down the stairs. He almost killed uh, Kane and John, but this guy shoots him. And then his dog comes up again. His, I forgot to mention, this guy's dog uh, kept on running in with this big guy. And then his dog, like, literally bites him in the privates and just keeps on tugging. And you can see that he's, like, clearly dead. Then the assassin dude walks up, points a rifle at his head, shoots him in the head, and then the dog pees on the head. It's actually a pretty funny moment. If you've seen John Wick, they have a little bit of a dark humor to them uh, where you're like, ha. Yeah, you sucker, because you're the bad guy. Um, and everybody laughs at the bad guy's pain and misery. Now, I'm going to have to end this recording, because Spotify for Podcasters only lets me do 30 minutes, and I'm at 29. So, uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna continue with this. Yeah, it's going to shape up to be an hour-long podcast. Sorry, guys. All right. So, back to where we were. They make it to the top, um, both Kane and John. And John, or, like they like kind of joke with each other hey we're not even and so uh kane just stabs um john right in the hand it very quickly like stab just stabs him yanks the sword right out and then he very kindly gives john wick a handkerchief to clean up the mess um and then they walk in together into the duel and i forgot to also mention marquise does something that, in my opinion, is really stupid and should count as cheating. He elects Kane to fight John. So Kane has to fight John, and he's really bad about it. Um, so they they get ready for the duel. They have to take off all their armor. They just have these white shirts on, and right under that is just their bare skin. And they get these like cool Western-looking revolvers, right? They get one shot each. They have to go 50 paces apart. Yes, 50. And, or sorry, 30? 30 paces apart. Yes, because then they go to 30, 20, and then 10. Um, So they both go. They get one bullet. And it's interesting because Kane is told by Marquise, remember your daughter. And Kane very uh, astutely says F off to him. Uh, because he doesn't want to do this. And then Winston gives John the bullet and 
Winston, or yes, Winston's like, look at the beautiful sunset, John. And he's like, have a fun time out there, John. Um, and so they both shoot, they both hit each other. Then they go in for 10 or 20 paces. And then they, uh, they both shoot again. They both hit. And then the final one, the tension in this scene is really big. And even though I knew John was going to die, I didn't know how. I didn't know what was going to go down in this scene. And still extremely high. Kane only shoots. And you think to yourself, what? Like, you can really notice that John didn't shoot. He just raised his gun and acted like he was going to. So John is grabbing him to his side as he's bleeding and he falls on the ground and then Marquise grabs the revolver walks over to John and Winston says one of my favorite things ever said in the series he says you you arrogant a-hole you really didn't see John didn't shoot and a horrified Marquise looks down the barrel and John shoots him right in the head and now our uh, adjudicator played by uh, the guy John Clancy says very well John you are given back all your freedom same to you Kane both are in peace and the Continental will be paid for in full rebuilt from the ground up for Winston happy ending for everybody but Kane walks over to John and he's dearly saddened but you get a sense that John wanted this to happen. Winston has tears in his eyes as he doesn't believe what's happening. Hey, John asks Winston uh, something like, may I go in peace? And he's finally given freedom. John walks down these different set of stairs, stares out into the sunset, clutches his abdomen or wherever he got shot in the side of him and he remembers his wife Helen and he dies peacefully as a free man and then we get something it was very sad I forgot to mention on the boat there was a mention of Sharon and how he was a good man and a good friend and they all ask, what do you want on your gravestone? And the Bowery King says, um, uh, I think he said something about the king forever. Long live the king. That's what he said. He said it was prophetic. John said, loving husband. And so with his final wishes, Winston and the Bowery King buried John beside um, Helen and Helen Wick's tombstone reads loving wife John Wick's reads loving husband and it concludes like that or actually it concludes with Winston and the Bowery King asking do you think he went to heaven do you think he went to hell and Winston says I'm not sure and they walk off. It is one of the most satisfying endings to a movie series, especially an action series like this. 
that has a lot of story and heart throughout it. And it was really sad. Um, but it was really good. I was, I was glad the way that they let John die. He died at the hands of his friend, which his friend was sad about. Winston was sad about it. Because Winston was a good friend of John. A very good friend of John, actually. And John does what he wanted to do in the first movie. Get revenge. And then in the second movie, he's dragged back and drugged back into the everything. Got revenge on the table, the high table, all the stuff. And John kills everybody he needs to. Lives as a free man for a few seconds. And you, the viewer, are supposed to believe he's reunited with Helen in paradise in the afterlife. And it's a really beautiful ending to the film franchise. Um, I was really happy they wrapped it up this way, this particular way. It makes me sad to see John Wick over, you know. John Wick will literally be 10 years old next year. It's almost a decade of John Wick. and The ending was perfect, in my opinion. It really was a perfect ending. The end scene with the duel is so intense. And then the death of John Wick, and the fact that it flashes back to Helen, is just so touching and moving. And then we see loving husband on his tombstone. And it's just so good way to end it. It's a really, really good way to end the franchise. I think this is Keanu Reeves' best role that he's ever played as John Wick. Um, really is one of his best. Of course, it, his best performance as John Wick is the first movie. Um, but this end sequence for John, I really loved it. Um, I really loved it. So, since I got the entire plot and everything, I'm going to talk about the things that I didn't like about this movie really quick, and then I'll talk about the things I did like, because I actually like quite a bit. I also don't like a lot of things, and I've kind of mentioned some of them. Number one, prolong prolonged action scenes. I like the action in this movie. I think it's some of the best in the franchise. Some of it's a little bit lame. Some of it's not nearly as creative, but it is very fun and entertaining at the same time it goes on for way too long um the stair scene is seven minutes long almost eight i believe like it's just crazy it's just bad another thing the villain i didn't like the villain at all marquis i mean i hated him because he was a jerk um but i just didn't think he was really well written i feel like santonio was the best written character uh, from John Wick 2 for a villain uh, because he was actually a villain. This dude is just, I don't even know if I could call him a villain necessarily. He, I mean, he's a criminal, of course, but I, I don't know. He, I guess he's kind of evil. You know, he's like trying to be like, uh, he says some stuff to uh, Kane. He manipulates Kane. He reels him back in. And it's, it's a lot, right? Uh, another thing about this movie that I didn't 
care for is some of the music choices in this movie is just like what and some of it's good it's really weird now let's get into the good things that i liked about this movie oh also i guess the last thing it felt way too long i already mentioned that with the action scenes but this movie drags on for what feels like an eternity it just does it it felt like eternity watching this film and it's not really good now the good things about this movie let me tell you the cinematography is some of the best in the franchise there are so many beautiful shots that you could take out of this movie and frame on your wall so many shots some of the stuff that they showcase in japan looks beautiful even though the action wasn't my favorite very beautiful set design in this movie i haven't really mentioned it throughout the franchise some of the sets are very well done they create a very cool world but set design in this movie really amazing the world building in this movie amazing we're not in america most of the time which is really interesting we're in japan berlin and paris very interesting of course we have some stuff in new york and then of course the story ends where it started in new york but amazing stuff, right? Um, other things, other things that I liked about the movie. I really love the lighting. It kind of plays with the cinematography. You know, the lighting in this movie is phenomenal. The third movie had amazing lighting as well. Some of the action, like I did mention, some of the specific action sequences and stuff like that, amazing. John Wick, always amazing to watch him on screen. Amazing dude. Now, as uh, same thing goes for Winston. For our new characters, Kane is one of my favorites in the entire series. He really is. I might do a John Wick character tier list because they've actually crafted very well written and articulated characters. Kane is very good as a character. I loved Kane in this movie. He he's just like awesome. The action, his actual background. Everything about him is amazing in this movie. Wish we could see more of Kane, but honestly, I hope this is the end of the franchise, which I'll get to in a little bit. And um, the ending, like I said, the duel, amazing. The death of John Wick, probably one of the best character deaths I've ever seen in a film that was handled well, like very well. He dies a free man. It's very heartwarming to see. Now, as for things that are coming soon, I read that, of course, they're making a prequel series because why not milk every franchise to death about how Winston started the Continental? Now, it sounds like an interesting premise, but I don't think it needs to happen. Honestly, I would have preferred it being comics. To be honest, I think it would have been better as comics, but whatever, a three-part show on Peacock, who cares? I don't I'm not really hyped about it. They're making like a ballerina movie with Anna de Armas in this universe. They're also trying to make a John Wick 5, which I'm like, it's not even going to follow John Wick, which is the stupidest thing about it, in my opinion. Um, which they said something weird in this film that I caught on to. How the Mar main villain, Marquise, he's like, I don't want to just kill John Wick. I want to kill the idea of John Wick. And I was like, oh, great. They're going to play off that one line and be like, the idea of John Wick. That's the new John Wick movie. Um, but overall, I liked the film. It's definitely not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It's a solid film. 
and it was a satisfying end to the series. There are some story problems that I have, character problems, but overall it's solid. Um, some people say it's the best in the franchise. Some people say it's the worst in the franchise. I say it's okay. It's fine. No, I don't think it's the worst. I think there's a lot of things that are not great about it. They could have done better, but that will be saved for my tier list. Um, when you're watching this video, I'm sure it's already going to happen unless I get copyright. I'm going to actually do a fan tribute. I'll probably do two videos, a fan tribute and a funny video, hopefully funny video. Um, with the stare scene and a funny song that to go with it. So I think that's going to be funny, but I might actually do a fan tribute of John Wick. I'm not sure. Um, maybe, maybe not. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this review. It's literally a 45 minute review on John Wick chapter four. I never thought I would sit here for 45 minutes and review John Wick. Um, another thing is I'll probably put this up on my main channel is me reviewing the entire John Wick saga and then the tier list. So this will actually probably be out on YouTube. So thanks guys. Go smash like button, share, subscribe. Um, with that being said, have a great day. It's really weird because I'm recording this in July and this episode releases on August 23rd and I'm recording it on July 23rd. Very weird stuff. Very weird stuff. But anyways, hope all is well. Hope you guys are doing good. Have a great day. Peace out. Love you guys. See you guys in the next one.